is the time. Amen. Now is the day. Friends, this is the hour. This is the hour when it's time for you to get your faith right. This is the day that God wants you to get your faith right. You have a great enemy who's come against you. The world is its own enemy against you. The flesh you live in is its own enemy against you. And friend, let me tell you something. You're going to need faith to defeat those enemies. It fills me with great joy. It makes me feel so grateful, so thankful to be a part of what God is doing in the life of this church. It makes me so grateful to know, to even be a part of what God has yet to do in the life of this church. You know, there's just simply no telling what God is prepared to do in this church amongst this small group of faithful believers. Do you believe that? That's about half of you. And that's the problem I want to address today. Do we really believe what we say we believe? Do we really have faith in God? Are we really living by faith? Friends, that is the question of the hour. With all these wonderful things that have happened, with all these incredible things that God has yet to do in the life of this body, how do we go about measuring our accomplishments? I'm all about knowing if I'm doing the right thing. I'm all about knowing, hey, are we being successful or not? Are we doing the right thing or not? Are we in God's will or not? I need to have a way to measure our success or not. And I remembered what Jesus said to two blind men who came up to him wanting to be healed. And Jesus asked those two men, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Yes. Lord, we believe. And Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done according. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Whatever God is yet to do in this church, it will be done according to the faith of the members of the body. Not according to your fame. Not according to your feelings. Not according to your fortune. Not according to your friends. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Brothers and sisters, it is only by 
faith that we can access or even see God do anything in this church. It's only by faith that we can see anything done in the kingdom of God. It's only by faith that we're able to do anything for God. When I go to Walmart, I buy things with dollars. Sadly, it's lots of dollars. But in the kingdom of God, our greatest asset and the only way to receive anything is by that currency that God calls faith. On the other hand, unbelief is our greatest stumbling block. Why don't things get done? Get this. Because we don't believe. Unbelief is the greatest stumbling block in the life of the church. I mean, if sin could be measured, unbelief would be number one. Unbelief would be number one. Unbelief is what caused Eve to sin in the Garden of Eden. Why? Because she failed to believe God at His Word. He said, don't eat. But she was tempted, and she didn't believe, and she ate. Unbelief locked the doors to the promised land, and the Israelites going all the way up to the door. The Bible says they couldn't go in. Why? Because of their unbelief. Unbelief even tied the hands of the mighty Lord and Savior Jesus. Jesus even said, the Bible says that he did not go to his hometown. Why? Because of their unbelief. Friends, it's clear that the eternal sovereign God of the universe has chosen to limit his work according to the faith and belief of his people. He made that choice. He made the choice to do his work through faithful children of God. So what is the sin that then sends people to hell? Unbelief. Unbelief. It's not lying. It's not murder. It's not sexual perversion. It's not arson. It's not pride. It's not arrogance. It's unbelief that sends a person to eternal damnation. You see, Jesus died for all those other sins. He died for every one of those sins. Those sins were paid for as he poured out his blood on the cross. But the Bible says, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed it is unbelief that shuts the door to heaven but faith is not only a heavenly concern faith is more than just a heavenly concern the book of Romans the Bible says that the just shall live say live the just shall live by faith so it's not only about eternity, it's about the here and now. We're to live by faith. 
Just as you live physically, breathing and eating, you live spiritually by faith. Think of all that comes into your life, all because of your faith. Salvation comes by faith. The Bible says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can be saved by faith now. We have the Holy Spirit by faith. The Bible says that the blessing of Abraham might come on Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Get this. Through faith. We have success in the Christian life because of faith. The Bible says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. Our faith. Our faith. And here's the victory we have over Satan. It's by faith. The Bible even instructs us to take up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench those fiery darts of the enemy. Salvation, the Holy Spirit, success, even victory over the enemy all comes by faith. The shield of faith. Now I want you to think of what comes into your life because you ain't got no faith. Well, when you don't have faith, one thing that happens in your life is worry. God, I just don't think you're able to handle this one. You may not have said it, but you thought it. Loneliness. God, why do you seem so far away? Here's something else that comes because of the lack of faith. Guilt. God, I feel so dirty. I don't even think you can cleanse me from the sins and mistakes in my life. What about disobedience? God, if I truly believed your word, then I would obey. But I guess if I'm not obeying, that means I don't believe. Unbelief. Unbelief, friends, brings problems. The lack of faith, it brings countless problems. So we, as believers in Christ Jesus, we need to learn how to trust God. We need to learn how to believe God. And today I want to look at several factors, several things that we need to know in order to build a phenomenal faith. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied just having a, a ground, uh, grassroots faith. I want a faith that's growing. I want more God. I want more of my relationship with God. And I know it's going to take more faith. So I want more. Look at me, if you would, in Romans chapter 10. Beginning in verse 8. God's word says, but what does it say? The word is near you. Friends, this morning the word is real near you, amen? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart 
that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But get this, y'all. If you're listening, say amen. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let us pray. Father, just one simple prayer today. Help us understand if our faith is real. Lord, help us to know if our faith is true faith. And if it's not, Lord, help us to take whatever steps we must take to be assured that it is. In Christ's name, we pray. And all God's people said. First of all, this morning, I want to answer a question. What is the reality of faith? What's the lowdown? What's the gist? What's the fundamental? What's the real deal about faith? Well, again, looking in verse 11, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For faith to have any power, faith has got to be on the right object. Sometimes people say, oh man, just have faith. Man, just believe and you'll be all right. But it's not enough to have faith in faith. You've got to have faith in the right object. You've got to have faith in the right person. And that person is the Lord God. I mean, have faith in what? Believe in what? You've got to have faith in the right person. There's no faith or no power in just faith alone. We've got to have faith in the right person. It's not faith that moves mountains. Did you hear that? It's not faith that moves mountains. It's God that moves mountains. And our faith is in Him who moves mountains. Many others think about faith like it's just positive thinking. I think positive thinking is important. Helps you live a positive life. Positive thinking is a good thing. However, you're going to get discouraged one day. And it's going to take more than positive thinking to get you through that period of discouragement. It's going to take some serious, low down, get with it, unbelieving kind of faith. We're going to need serious faith. Because hard times are coming when they're going to far surpass positive thinking. You're going to need faith. And if all you got 
is positive thinking, you're going to be like that little boy who came home and told his daddy, Daddy, I think I flunked my math test. And he said, Son, don't think so negatively. Think differently. Be positive, son. And he said, Okay, I'm positive that I flunked my math test. That's all positive thinking is. In times of weakness, people begin to ask themselves this, and you've been there. I'm no prophet, but I know human nature, and I know I've been there, and I know you've been there. When you say, you know, I'm not sure if my faith is strong enough. I'm not sure my faith is strong enough to get me through this. I'm not sure if my faith is strong enough to get me to heaven or not. Hmm. Is my faith the real deal? Is my faith the real thing? Let me tell you something, friends. If the devil ever pulls that stunt on you, you just remind him what the Bible says. That we are looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. If it weren't for Jesus, we'd have no hope at all. He is the author and finisher of our faith. So let us be caught looking to Jesus and not looking at our look. Get it? Don't look at your look. Look into the finisher of your faith, Jesus. Don't put faith in faith. Put your faith in God. That's the reality of faith. And does God honor weak faith? Come on. Huh? I think it's a trick question. Nobody's answering. Does God honor weak faith? Does he honor faith that's the size of a mustard seed? In fact, what does he say about that mustard seed-sized faith? What can it move? Mountains. There ain't too many things smaller than a mustard seed. But what is that saying? What is that saying? It's saying that the least amount of faith can overcome the greatest amount of difficulty. If, if your faith is in God. Again, your faith don't move a mountain. God moves the mountain. And our faith must be in him. Friend, that's the reality of faith. And if your faith is in God, I want to assure you of a couple things. Your faith will grow. If your faith is in God, I want to assure you of this. It will produce evidence that you have faith. So that should lead every one of us in this building to ask this question. Is my faith evident? Is my faith growing? If it's not growing, if it's not evident, do I even have any? All I can do is ask the person I see in the mirror. But I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Is that faith being manifest into some, some type of action? Because true faith does. And false faith does not. 
Remember, the reality of biblical faith is this. Your faith is no better than its object. You must know God. And your faith must be in Him and Him alone. But let's go a little bit deeper. Let's dig it up a little bit. What about the root of faith? What about the root of faith? All true biblical faith is not only rooted in knowing God. True biblical faith is rooted in hearing from God. Hearing from God. Remember what verse 14 said. How then shall they call on him in whom they not believe? How shall they believe in him in whom they not, say it, heard? So then faith comes by hearing did you hear that? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. What is the root of faith? You've got to hear from God. You have got to hear from God in order to have that earth-shattering, devil-defying kind of faith that you need in this day, on this hour, in this life. Friend, nobody can believe in God unless God enables him to believe. So God's the one that gives the faith. Verse 17 that says, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. That means you get more and more as you hear more and more. Amen? And you see God proving himself to be trustworthy, proving himself to be faithful. You read it, and then you see it manifest in your life, and you say, God is faithful. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You don't name it and claim it just because you see it. God speaks it, you believe it, and then you receive it. It's all about God. It's all about Him speaking. The preacher or the teacher is just the mailman delivering the letter. God gives the message. This is God's message to you. It has nothing to do with me. So it's not enough to just hear a sermon. Friend, it's not enough to just come on Sunday morning and hear from God. Got to be more. You may say, well, you know, God just never speaks to me that way. But I'll ask this question. Are you listening? Do you expect a meteorite to come crashing down on your head trying to get your attention? Or are you setting aside a time every day to saturate yourself with the word of God from where faith comes. If you're not receiving the word, guess what else you're not receiving? Faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Are you even ready to do his will? Should he tell you what it is? See, God knows if you're ready or not. He knows what you're thinking before you thunk it. Amen? 
He knows what you're willing and what you're not willing to do. He knows what areas of your life you're willing to turn over and what areas you want to hold over here for yourself. He knows. So do you report for duty every day? God, I don't know what you got for me. I don't know what you want to say to me, but I'm here. It might be just something, something as simple as, son, I love you. My daughter, I've not turned my back on you. Son, I'm going to walk with you through this. I want to encourage you this morning. If you're not, you need to hear from God. Because there ain't no faith coming unless you're humbling yourself and hearing the Word of God. And you can't, as much as I'd love to think you can get all this from my preaching, I know better. You need more. I need more. So the root of biblical faith is hearing from God. And if you're not hearing from God, you ain't got no root. So let's move on and see what the result of faith will be. What does biblical faith do? If faith is that big of a deal, what does biblical faith do? Now, what you need to remember is that faith is not man's will being done in heaven. Faith is God's will being done on earth. You hear that? Faith is God's will being done on earth. And he chooses to use you to get his will done. The result of faith is the will of God being done. That is the result. When you have faith, when you have heard from God, you are going to be compelled to do something about it. The result of faith is the will of God. Earlier I said, you can't have faith unless you hear from God. Do you know what you're going to hear when you hear from God? You're going to hear the will of God. Light bulb. I can understand that. Even a hard head like me, I get it. When I hear from God, I'm going to hear what he wants done. But if I don't humble myself to hear from him, guess what I'm not going to know? I'm not going to know the will of God. It's just that simple. So whether through a sermon or your own Bible study, through your quiet time in prayer, maybe even through your own conscience, when God speaks, he's going to say something to you like this. This is what I want done, my faithful child. And I want you to believe it. And I want you to heed it. I want you to believe it. And I want you to do it. You can't do one without doing the other. If God told you to do it and you don't do it, guess what? You don't believe it. Amen? We know it to be true. So I wondered, if I had enough faith, could I turn my blue Forenza into solid gold? Sure could. If God wanted it. Amen? If it was the will of God that she turned into a solid block of gold, she's going to be yellow when I go out there. 
and not gator blue. Hallelujah. You see, biblical faith trusts that God is in control. Biblical faith trusts that God is in control. Do you remember King Midas? The old fable about King Midas? He wished that whatever he touched would turn to gold. Man, he said, his wish was granted, and he said, I'm going to be rich now. Everything I'm going to touch will turn to gold. But then he sat down to dinner one day, and he touched his food. And what happened? And he couldn't eat. Then he went to kiss his daughter. And when he did, guess what happened? She turned to gold. So what he thought was a blessing turned into be a curse. Another guy that loved gold. He had just inherited his father's fortune, and the first thing he did is he went and he redecorated his bathroom. Redecorated his living room. He redecorated his bedroom. Everything in the house was redecorated. He put gold parchment wallpaper on all the walls. He hung up yellow curtains. He bought a gold-colored bedspread and a gold-colored couch. He put new carpet throughout, gold-colored. Everything was gold-colored. He even went to Walmart and bought himself some gold-colored pajamas. And then all of a sudden, one day, he got sick with all things yellow jaundice. So his wife calls the doctor and he makes a house call and he comes in and he goes straight upstairs and he's up there an awfully long time. Finally, he makes his way back downstairs and the wife says, well, how is he? The doctor said, I don't know. I couldn't find him. <laughs> Gold. What he thought would be a blessing turned into be a curse. If we had unlimited faith, it would turn out to be a curse. If I could say, I believe and therefore I have, I would make the biggest mess of things. See, because that would put me in the driver's seat, not God. And my faith is in God. The result of true faith is God's will being done. Now, you might say, well, that's going to be a bummer for me. I'm not going to be getting nothing else now if it's all for God. But here's what it really means. It means more blessings for you. How? Because the, the will of God is not something you must do. It's something you get to do. But we don't view it that way. So what is the reality of faith? It's faith in God. What is the root of faith? You hear from God. What is the result of faith? The will of God is done. But what do you do with it once you got it? How do I go about releasing faith? Well, true faith does more than just believe. 
True faith does more than just believe. True faith obeys. If you believe God is your heavenly Father, if you believe that His ways are right ways, guess what? You're going to obey His rules, His desires, His plan, His will for your life. But if what you say doesn't translate into action, you don't really believe it. If God says, go therefore and baptize all nations, teaching them all the things that I've commanded you. If you believe that he said that and commanded you to do that, guess what you would be doing? You'd be doing it. If what you say doesn't translate into action, you don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, then you really don't have faith. True or false? You said it, not me. That word believe, it's an interesting word. Many of you know I love words. And I like to find out how words came into being and uh, you know, where they came from. But this word believe comes from an old English word that means by live. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? What we believe, we live by. To release your faith, you got to put legs on it. To release your faith, you've got to get busy. Allowing it to do what God intended it to do. Your obedience gives evidence of belief. Right before God said in the Bible that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, he said this. But they've not all obeyed the gospel. They heard from me, but they didn't obey. God spoke but they didn't do what I told them to do. Why didn't they obey? Somebody help me out. Say it loud if you believe it. They didn't believe? Come on. You heard from God, but you didn't obey, and that means you don't believe? Is that true or false? God told you to do something, but you didn't do it. And so that means you don't believe? True or false? I'm going to get all of you here in a second. Um, God told you, gave you clear instructions. He even commanded you to do some stuff, but you didn't do it. So what happened? You didn't. Well, that's three quarters of it. Let's try one more time. God gave you a Bible, and in it is clear instruction about how you should live, how you should relate to other people, how you should relate to your spouse, how you should relate to everything in the world, but you didn't do it. So what did it mean? You didn't. There's all of you. I didn't say it. You said it. I just happened to agree with you. Friends, God is speaking. He is speaking. He's giving you 
1,763 pages of speaking. But are you obeying? Are you putting legs to your faith? You claim to believe. I claim to believe. Am I doing what he told me to do? You know, a few verses later in verse 21, God said, All day long, I can almost hear this, this kind of tone in God's voice. All day long, I have stretched out my loving hands towards my people. But they're disobedient and contrary. God says, man, I love y'all so much. Y'all are so awesome. Why are you being disobedient and contrary? Why aren't you living the kind of life I, I encourage you to live? Why? Because I don't. Wow. God is speaking. But sadly, not everyone will obey. Not everyone will obey the gospel. Not everybody will release his or her faith. God stretches out those loving hands, and some people are disobedient and contrary. They argue, they debate, they look for loopholes, they find excuses, they ignore what God is saying. They say, I don't think I'm going to believe that. I want you to know, you can believe that if you want to. You can believe. You see, unbelief doesn't come out of the head. Unbelief comes from the heart. In Hebrews, the writer says, Beware, lest in any of you be an evil heart of unbelief. You may know that your faith is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. But guess what? So is breathing. Everybody together. What a gift from God. Amen? The air, what a gift. My lungs, what a gift. But guess what? If I choose to, I can smother if I choose to. I can shun the gift of God if I choose to. Likewise, if you choose unbelief, you can know that it will lead to death. That's what the Bible says. That's where unbelief heads. But God desires more for you. He desires that you have a phenomenal faith, not just a little bit of faith. He wants you to have a phenomenal faith, an incredibly growing, experiential faith, a relational faith. Faith. He wants you to have great faith. He wants that faith to be contagious. He wants that faith to be victorious. But how do I do it? Gave you a few tips in closing. Be saturated in the scriptures. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Be saturated in the scriptures. Be dedicated to the Savior. Remember, faith is no better than its object. You see, it's not great faith in God. It's faith in a great God. Do you know the difference? Be dedicated to the Savior. Number three, be separated from sin. Separate yourself 
from sin. Unconfessed sin is a faith killer. If you're claiming to believe, you're claiming to have faith, but you're living a life of sin, it will kill your faith. It will kill it. So don't be disobedient and expect to have faith. It ain't happening. So if your faith is wavering, why don't you do a little introspection and see what sin needs to be turned from? We all got some, amen? How many, how many do? All of us, amen? Be saturated with the scriptures, be dedicated to the Savior, be separated from sin. Finally, be activated by the Spirit. Remember that old song? Trust and obey. See, there ain't no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. So are you knowing, doing, hearing, and obeying the Word of God? That's His desire for you. And that's what faith really is. It's hearing the Word of God. Knowing God that you have faith in. Doing it and also obeying it. Applying what you know. We're to obey it. Real faith. Get this. Real faith. You can claim to have faith if you want, but real faith is belief with legs on it. I'm not judging you. I'm judging myself. And if I want to know if my faith is real, I'm going to look at Bill Barlow. I'm going to say, well, is there legs on his faith? Is he doing what Jesus told him to do? Is he living the life that God told him to live? Is he doing what he's commanded to do or not? And you must do the same for yourself. So how is your faith? How is your faith? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? Really? I pray that during this invitation, you will listen to what God has to say to you. And you'll determine whether you have real faith or not. It's an issue between you and God. Not an issue between you and I. But if you want to pray about anything that's on your heart, if you want to pray for someone else that is in desperate need of faith in Christ, I want, you, I want to encourage you to come forward and let me just pray with you. If you want to place your faith in Christ for the very first time, I'd like to encourage you to come forward, step out of your pew, come forward. Let me show you what this book says. Because see, the message is not mine. The message is God's. The message is He wants you. And He's done everything He knows to do to make it possible. The rest is your choice. Will you place your faith in Christ?